Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, boo. Yo, ancient, A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the Man Cave, your host, Elias. Marcel, welcome to the cave. Thank you for having me. I have been trying to get you on the show for the last few years. Uh-huh. Just let you know that because uh, I'm a huge fan of the show, huge fan of your character, and I'm I'm glad uh, you're here today. Yo, I'm glad I made it. <laughs> so, if the listeners of viewers don't know, uh, you star on CBS as the Neighborhood as Marty, and uh, you know I can't wait till we dive into that. But uh, one of my first questions I always like to ask my interviews is like. You know, you're you're an actor, you're in the business, but you decided to take this path into this journey. I want to hear all about that. What made you get into it? Woo! Um, it was it was it was an interesting journey. It definitely wasn't linear. It was one of those situations where um so I I consider myself a natural storyteller, entertainer. I come from a very uh colorful family of uh, a lot of a lot of uh talented storytellers in their own right. Uh, though not professionally. And uh, I feel like I've always sort of been a performer. I've always had the ability to sort of capture an audience. And I didn't always channel that into what I do now. Um, Originally, I thought I was going to be like a zoologist. I went to, I grew up in New Orleans, uh, born and raised. And so I I thought that was the path that I was going to be on. I was like, I'm a scientist. That's what I do. Like art is my hustle, but I'm a scientist. Um, And then Hurricane Katrina happened when I was 16 years old and it sort of pushed um, my family out of the city. We lost our home. We kind of lost a little bit of everything and we relocated to Texas. And so in Texas, I'm in a a very strange place, very different. Um, I I don't have anything I'm used to. I don't have any of my friends. I kind of had to start over. So all of the things that I did in New Orleans, all of the things that sort of made me feel like me weren't easily accessible. And the only thing that was there was acting and singing. And so I joined the choir and I hopped in uh, the theater club and I was just like, man, let me see, let me see what happens. And I think doing that at that, especially at that time, at such a young age, when you're trying to really like process what is happening to you, you don't really know how to, how to comprehend what you lost. Um, acting and, and sort of expressing myself in that way gave me sort of a, a uh, and an uh, area or a channel to sort of like funnel a lot of a lot of that confusion and hurt and frustration and and um, it allowed me to to sort of discover uh, a passion for acting that I I sort of buried. Wow. And when I was doing some research on you, I noticed that you did start off like in the theater. Like, what made you like yeah. okay, you wanted to take the next step into like TV and film? Well, I mean, I'm. I'm a theater baby. I always be a theater kid, man, at heart. Um, But I think I've always wanted to express myself and just tell stories. And I feel like any way that I can tell those stories using what I do um, and, and and any way that allows me to sort of provide for myself and do that at the same time is a, is a, is a good option. So when I was in New York, after I got out of grad school, I was hustling. I was doing like stage plays, basement theater plays. I was doing regional theater plays all over the country. Um, but TV and film was always something that I 
those are always mediums that I wanted to sort of um, jump into and, and yeah. get into because it's just different. Like it's the same, you're using the same muscle. It's, it's the same talent. It's the same set of skills, but it's the difference between like running and swimming. It's like the theater is, is running and, and TV and film is swimming. You're using all the same body parts, but you're using them differently and in a different way. Um, and sort of stretching myself in that way and being able to sort of cut across all of those mediums is, is something that's like really important to me as an artist. Cause they're all different and they all feed me in different ways. For the theater, you know, you have like the audience also that kind of feeds yeah. off you also. Do you feel like that on the neighborhood also when that gets filmed? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So like in, in theater, like it's every night you do a show, it's for that audience. You yeah. can do the same show over and over again for eight months, for a year, you can do the same run. But every night it's for that audience. Sometimes it's their first time and it's their only time that they're ever going to see that play. And mm -hmm. so that creates like this kind of magic that it's like it's everything's in a bottle. And it happens for that those people. It never happens the same way twice. Um, and it's like this really, really beautiful thing. And so doing a multicam comedy, like doing a multicam sitcom, you kind of get to recreate that in a small part, especially before yeah. COVID, where we have a live audience. And for these people, yeah, they can go watch the show at home eventually when it airs, but they are the first ones that get to see the show. And they get to see all of the stuff that happens behind the scenes. They get to see the laughs. They get to see the times where we we break each other up. They get to see like Cedric the Entertainer, who they've been a fan of this whole time, like really just in his element. And it creates like this, again, this sort of this magic. It's like once in a lifetime kind of situation to where this show is never going to happen again. It's never going to be this way again. Even if you watch it on TV, being there live is like it's just it's a special kind of agreement between the performers and the audience. How does it make you feel perform in front of people? Like, is there, do you get like a adrenaline rush? Like a rush? I love it. No, it definitely, it scares the hell out of me. But I love really? it. And it scares me in a good way because uh, I don't I don't get stage fright like I'm afraid to perform. Like I'm, okay. I'm excited about doing it. It's what I do. But it's, again, it's like this covenant you have with the audience. And you always want to do your best. You always want to give them like this, this gift of like yeah. what you're doing because them being there is like giving you a gift of a job. Um, and uh, so it, like you get those butterflies every time that there's a live show. Um, and before COVID when we had a live audience, cause unfortunately we don't have one for the neighborhood now um, before COVID, like we would all be all the whole cast is backstage because they call us out one by one. And so we're all back there and we're like high-fiving each other and Cedric praise before every show and, Everyone, like you feel that energy, like that sort of like jittery butterfly energy, like I am gonna go out there and I'm gonna do my best because there's somebody out there who drove all the way from who knows where just to see the show. There's somebody whose aunt flew into town and they got tickets or whatever case may be. So I wanna make sure that I am on and I, and I give them the best show that I can. So you get that like that jittery feeling to like do your best and live up to, to, to what you're called to do. So, but like, like in theater, also, like when you're performing, you know, like you you have to be like a hundred percent. You can't even like do like a little screw up compared to like a, a sitcom where you might be have a blooper or something like that, and yeah. then you can go back at it again. Yeah, that's the that's the the saving grace of TV and 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 movies and film. Like, you get an opportunity, especially now that they film things digitally. Yeah. I feel bad for actors who have to act on tape, but like <laughs> now that things are digital, you get a moment for a director to be like, cut, like this isn't going well. I lost my line, like cut. In theater, if you lost your line, you better be able to find it. Like you gotta figure <laughs> out 
You gotta figure out a way to find it. You better be able to improv your ass off, or you better get off that stage. Like you have to find something um, to help you, and and so it creates sort of this this um, this really special bond between your cast to where like mm. everybody on stage is like, I got you. There's this agreement of I got you, mm. and I think we have that too. You, you have a similar aesthetic in a multicam show. Like everybody is prepared for whatever's yeah. happening, and especially when you have a, a comedy where you have Max Greenfield and Cedric the Entertainer going off script all the time because mm-hmm. they're talented at it and they're really good at it. So you got to be ready to catch it because those are those are some of those moments where if you catch that like random ad lib or you catch that ball, that could make that scene. And that the editors could use that and that could be in the episode. If you laugh, which no, it's, it's not a bad thing if you do, but if you laugh or you drop it, that can make the blooper reel and it, it'll be fun. But it's so it's so good. When said does something like randomly, he'll throw it and you catch it and you you keep the scene rolling, like nothing stops, mm-hmm. nobody breaks. Those are like really those those really cool moments where like I'm sitting at home. Cause when I watch the show, this is the first time I'm seeing it. Mm-hmm. I don't get to see like when we're shooting, we don't get to see what it is. So when I watch it, I can I'm I'm at home, I'm just like, that was improv. Like Cedric just did that on the spot. Or the writers came in and, and just gave me that line on the spot. Like it's it's like a, a really cool. Uh, sense of pride that I have. That's good. Yeah, let's keep let's keep talking about the show. Uh, season four just premiered about a week ago. Yeah, uh, and I mentioned I mentioned um, I had Sheehan on a few years ago. He went for your role. He did. First. Yeah, he did. Right to right into the the end. We were at the final like screen test callback audition, and Sheehan shows up and he's auditioning for Marty. And I just knew. When I saw him, he was auditioning for Malcolm, and he was like, no, I'm going in for Marty. And I'm like, well, if they got Sheon for Marty, there's no way that they're considering me for Marty. Like, we are totally different actors, and if that's what they want, if that, if anyway, if that's what they want, then I can't even compete. Because Sheon, at that point, Sheon is a little ahead of, in his career than I am. He already has some really nice credits, like, under his belt, and, like, he's funny. He's really, really funny. Um and so I was kind of like, well, you know, this is another one. And like, it happens with actors all the time where you kind of get close and then it doesn't go your way. You get close and it doesn't go your way. So I was just like, all right, man, this is just one of those moments where there's nothing I can do at this point. Like, if that's what they like, that's what they like. If they like what I'm doing, they like what I'm doing. So I'm just going to go in there and have fun as best I can. And I got the call that I got the job and I was like, yes, this is so exciting. Like, this is great. And I was just, dang, because... I had never met Sheon before. I had seen okay. him and I knew his work, but I had just got his number that day. I'd be like, yeah, bro, we, like, we should link up and we should hang out and this another blah, blah, blah. So after I got that, I was like, man, like, do I call this dude and let him know or do I give it a little bit of breath? I'm sure his team will call him and let him know X, Y, Z. But then Sheon hit me and was like, hey, uh, you know, congratulations to said and the other. Like, I know you got that. I'm going in for your brother. Because Sheon didn't wow. even know that was a brother character. He didn't wow. even know Malcolm existed because Sheon didn't read the script because he didn't care <laughs> about the role like I did. Um, so he just he was just going in like when you're in pilot season, you just got auditions after yeah. auditions after auditions. So Sheon went in uh, for Marty not knowing that there was a Malcolm character. So then when he went in for Malcolm, it was such a perfect fit. And I've, I've been grateful to have him on the show ever since. He's a very mellow guy. You could tell he just goes with the flow. He just... Yeah, he is. He's a grumpy old man. <laughs> <laughs> So, but one of the cool in the world. Oh, yeah, like I said, I had a blast talking to him a few years ago. Um, so you so you play Marty, like like how fun is it playing this character? It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Like 
I think I get to tap into um, my secret nerdy side. Like I'm, I have this like very cool artiste persona. Like I, I consider myself to be like a cool dude. Um, and Marty is cool because he owns his his nerdiness. Like he owns who he is. He is probably one of the smartest guys in any room that he's in. Um, he is passionate about the things he's passionate about. He's like a huge fanboy for so many things. And like getting the opportunity to sort of enjoy those moments and play those things um, so so fully uh, is a lot of fun. To, to, it's, it's fun to be Martin. So like, you know, for the listeners, the viewers, if they watch the first few seasons, you're also kind of like, you know, you, you, you moved away at first, mm-hmm. if you see, you know, and uh, your brother's character, he was at home, but it was like, yeah. you know, but you're always, but you're always showing up because you're like, you kind of yeah. like miss the family. You bring in your laundry there as one of the episodes. Yes. Remember? Because, so it's like, how do you like, how fun is it like for that part too? Like, you know, you're, you're trying to be close to your family. I feel like the writers gave that to Marty. Like they wrote that in, it was inherited in his character. Yeah. And also it's like a mechanism of the show. Cause like, you have all these characters. You got to find a way to justify them all being together. Marty yeah. moved out. He has his own apartment. So why would he constantly come back? So it it they gave him this like need to be close to family and like he's a little bit of a mama's boy. So he 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 yeah. likes to check with mom. He likes to be around um, his family. And and they the Butlers have a very core family unit. Like they're a tight knit group and they ride for each other. And so uh, I think those aspects of Marty are something that I connect to really well because I I'm that same way. Like my family is like tight, tight, mm. especially my nuclear family. Like we're really close. Um, I love them very much. I try to go to see them any chance and every chance I get, or I'll try to have them come out here and see me. Uh, it's been hard since I, I moved out of uh, the South. Cause when I went to New York, I couldn't see him as much cause I was all mm. the way over there. And now I'm working here in LA. I don't get a chance to see him as much, but I think, uh, it's one of those things that I definitely sort of see myself in Marty a lot, just being like very family oriented. Is, is there anything you would change about him? There is nothing I would change about Marty. Marty is probably one of the, the, the coolest dudes on the block. I think the only thing, if I could pick one thing, was just to, just to give him a little more uh, reassurance that, mm-hmm. that who he is is perfectly okay. Because right now he is on this quest for love He's like he's at an age to where like he has a good job. He sort of has a, a good feel on who he is, and he wants he wants he wants somebody to love on. He wants he wants a partner. He wants like uh, just 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 a very talented nerdy girl that compliments him. And so he's he's kind of on this quest um, to find that one person to find a special person. And obviously, it helps him grow up and and learn about himself as a man. But he 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 changes himself a lot while he is on this journey. Actually, my next, my, I was going to, I was going to say, like, we always see Malcolm going on dates and everything. It's like, we got to see Marty soon. We got to see Marty soon. Like Marty is, I feel like in the show, Marty has always been like dates and relationships have always been just out of grass. Like he'll have, there'll be a girl on the show that's a love interest, but it'll never work. Or he's friend zoned or whatever the case may be, which happens to so many young brothers out there. Like it's, it's something that people can relate to. Um, so it, it'll happen. Marty, Marty will have his time in the sun. I'm, I'm just, I'm waiting, you know, quality over quantity. Right. If you will. What, what's been your favorite Marty moment? Oh so man. Far? Um, in season one, Marty and, and, and Malcolm were babysitting Grover 
uh, I forget where, I think they had like a, a parent-teacher conference or something at the school. And so uh, the Johnsons needed a babysitter. And Shiana and I were, were babysitting Grover. And there's a scene where Marty has to dress up like a dragon and sort of like they're, they're playing like knights of the round table and things like that. Right. So they got like cardboard swords and Shion and Grover are fighting and they have to kill this fire breathing dragon. And I got to be, I just got to be a plum fool for like, for like maybe 30 minutes on set. I just got to really just cut up in every way that I can. Um, and it was a lot of fun as an actor. Like I get to, I got to explore physical comedy in that way. Um, I, we, it took us forever to get through that scene because Malcolm kept laughing. Like she mm. kept breaking. Cause I, everybody was working. Right? It, it was one <laughs> of those moments where I was like, I, I, I got this, like I'm, I'm doing my thing. Awesome. How, how is it working with the rest of the cast also? It's a blessing. It's a blessing, man. It's, it's probably one of the best casts on TV and I'm not, and I don't, I'm not taking that lightly. Like yeah. these people work hard. They're talented. Any one person on our show could have a whole show to themselves. Any episode on the neighborhood could be about any one of these characters and it would still be a, a good ep episode. And behind the scenes, like we are, like we really like each other. Like that is, there's no weirdness. There's no like Hollywood stuff. Like we really are uh, a close cast. Like we really care about each other. Uh, I was hanging out with, with Beth and Shion uh, at her house. She invited us for brunch and she mm. made like, a, a pastry like dish that Shion and I had never heard of. We attributed it to culture um, because black people don't really necessarily eat this thing, but I don't know anybody who eats this thing. It's called a buckle, like a blueberry buckle. Never heard is, of it. <laughs> exactly. It's basically like, it's basically like a, a coffee cake fused with like a cobbler. So it's like, it's blueberry based like tart or whatever. But Beth Bears kept talking about this thing that she wanted to make us. And we were like, Shiana and I both were like, what the hell is that? What is a buckle? So we finally got a chance to, to try that. And, and we have moments like that all the time. Like, I feel like Sid has really taken me and, and Shiana under his wing. Tashina is always constantly looking out for us. Like, we always kick it with each other. Um, it's, it's a close cast. How do you describe the chemistry between you and her? Because you guys have like a, like a, like a, a special bond on the show. Yeah, no, it, it was easy. It's so easy playing Tashina Arnold's son. One, I, I have that like built-in reverence for her just from being a fan and like watching her as a kid, like growing up, watching her work throughout the years. Like that's Tashina Arnold. Like that's Pam from Martin. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's that's from everybody's first. Like you see that and you're like, yo, this is Tashina Arnold. Um, so I had that sort of like reverence for her going into the show, but meeting her. Tashina is so dope. She's so generous. She's so giving. She is definitely like that, that crazy auntie that loves you and is like very vocal about that love. She's very doting. She looks out for, for everybody on the show, especially her sons on the show. Um, and so we have, we have a really close, really cool relationship. I feel like Tashina is always trying to like corrupt us, but also, but also like educate us. So, so she'll have like, Every Friday, Tashina has like drinks in her dressing room. And so cast and crew can come over. Not as much anymore because of the COVID. So there's like zones that we have to stay in okay. to where people aren't mixing. But Tashina will still have like a little, a smaller gathering in her room where we'll just hang out and drink and talk and laugh. Um, and so it's a, it's, a, it's a close, it's a close and easy like friendship slash mentorship relationship. Yeah. So I mentioned earlier, we, uh, season four just premiered. How many uh, episodes are we expecting this season? Do you have any idea? Um, 
this season, I think we got 21. Okay. I think we got 21 episodes coming. So right now we just aired three. That was episode two. Episode I think it was two episode was this past week. Yeah, yeah, that was episode two of, of the, the 21. And we're filming. We just finished filming episode six of 21. Okay. So so we, wow. we're chugging along. We usually <laughs> say about three weeks ahead of the air date. Okay. So we're usually three or four episodes ahead of whatever's airing. How long does it take you guys to film one episode? Is it just one day usually for something like that? Yeah. Well, the whole process takes a week. Okay. So for, for a multi-cam comedy, we rehearse for um, four days and we we shoot one. So we'll come in Wednesday. We'll have a table read for a new right. episode. We will rehearse that episode that, that day. We'll have like fittings or whatever the case may be after that. And then Thursday we rehearse. It's a big rehearsal day. Friday is a big rehearsal day. Monday is a, a shoot day. So that's when we start putting stuff in front of the camera, any of the, the bigger set pieces that need to be shot. And then Tuesdays used to be filming days when we would, would do it for our live audience. Um, but now Tuesdays are an extra shoot day to get all of those those pieces that we need. But it's, it takes a week to do one episode of The Neighborhood. That's awesome. Um, any other projects that you got coming out that you're going to be working on that you could tell us about? Not, not yet. Not so there. I have some ideas, and there's some okay. some things that I'm I, I'm trying to like write slash produce and and, okay. and figure out, but but nothing concrete yet that I can I can talk about. Yeah. Are we going to see you back in the theater world soon too? Oh man! And any chance I get, any chance I get, I'll I'll go back and, and do a stage play. the The difficulty is with the schedule because the neighborhood is a, a priority and like that's the, we're under contract to complete that and sort of honor that yeah. it's hard to do other things outside of that so once we're done shooting i have to kind of decide like do i have time to do a play if there's a play around like can i do it like will i get cast do i have time to do a movie do i have time mm. to do an indie film do i have time to pick up like a mini series on hbo or something and so we have like all the whole cast is like constantly auditioning and, yeah. and trying to figure out like what we can do in the in the off season. So it's it's uh it's tricky. What would you want to do? Miniseries, HBO, something like that? I think I, I think a miniseries could be fun, yeah. especially something a little more dramatic, a, a little a little uh, edgy or a little dangerous. Yeah. Um, because I, I I enjoy playing Marty, but as an actor, like you want to get into some of those other like meteor kind of roles. And you want to challenge. Yeah, man. So uh, a miniseries is fun because it's like miniseries are great because it's like shooting a film. They shoot a single cam single camera style. So it feels like a movie, but it's longer. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much fun it is to shoot because sometimes those are long days and long nights and long weeks. But you get a chance to tell a story over a, a bigger arc. You get to be really specific about the characters. You get to get like really method, yeah. nitty gritty about things. So I think a miniseries could be dope. That's awesome. Man. Uh, lastly, man, uh, while we're ending this interview, how can the listeners and the viewers find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on on Instagram and, and Twitter at Mr. Marcel Spears. Um, and I think that's it. I think I do have a Facebook, but Facebook is for like my aunties, my grandma and like church ladies, <laughs> <laughs> like old, old classmates from high school that you're kind of like, oh, that dude exists. And he has like five kids. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I think I think Instagram and, and Twitter are probably the easiest ways to catch me. And then oh, you can catch me. Oh. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, you can catch me on the show Monday nights. That's right. Uh yeah, man, I want to thank you for coming on. Man. This was a blast. Uh let's get you back on. Yeah, man.
This was well, great. Well, now you're not in context. You can hit me anytime. Let me know. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. Until next time.